Welcome to Her Sports Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey y'all, crazy to see you here again. Happy Thursday, you know, best day of the week. We get to hang out, we get to talk to each other. You know, I've had a pretty good week. I did quit my internship, but I mean, I wasn't like crazy about it. And sometimes you got to cut off the fat and that was kind of the fat that I was really working with, unfortunately, but it's fine. You know, I got my job back. Well, it's not back back until like mid-November, but I'll be refing again. So maybe I'll have like more fun stories to tell y'all. But I'll tell y'all like without the details, specific names, all that kind of stuff because got to keep my job. Yeah, I'm really excited for that to come back in November. And it's going to start the last day of classes. Thank you, Jesus, because it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Whoever said that online classes or working from home or all that kind of stuff was easier to do than being in person, they're crazy. We love everyone, but you're not living the same life I am because this is hard. I mean, you have to sit in your room or your kitchen or wherever you do your work at and you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. How do you expect me to sit here and do all these assignments or do this task and not be distracted by the fact, you know, I can just go over there to the couch, take a nap. I can just turn on the TV and watch a movie or something. So all of us out here still grinding it out at home. We're going to stick to it together. Even though I'm going to get a two-month break. You might not be getting a two-month break, but we're going to get through it together. So it might have taken me almost an entire month, but I'm confident enough to say I figured out how to pick the correct predictions when it comes to sports games. I mean, the WNBA has ended. It's over. They played for 100 days, 95 days, something crazy like that down at ING Academy in Florida. And the Seattle Storm is your WNBA champions for the 2020 season. Congrats to all those ladies. They won very commandingly 3-0 fashion as I predicted they would. Shout out to me. Yeah, I'm excited that I finally got one right because I was struggling there. I was, it was not looking good for me. Some might even say that I was looking like the Golden State Warriors this season because it was a mess. It, it was a complete mess. I really wanted to shout out Brianna Stewart. You know, I love her. I talked about her in most episodes up to now, but she did win finals MVP. She did her thing. You know, last season she couldn't play because she had an Achilles injury and she had to go through that whole entire rehab process. She had to have surgery, all those things. And to see her come back right after that kind of gruesome injury, you know, because that's not something you can easily come back from. And to see her not only perform where she was at before the injury, but even better, you got to give her the final MVP for that. And also Sue Bird. Sue Bird, year 17 in the league. Year 17. In sports, people don't get that far. People do not get that far in sports. And she's out here doing the thing. She's out here hooping on these young girls hooping on the young cats in the league and she gets the respect she deserves she knows what she's talking about she can afford to sit out a game or two because they know that when she's in the game she's gonna put it on and we all talk about body rest and people need to self-care so give her give her her credit where credit is due because super definitely deserves it and needs it she went to UConn before UConn is good she went to UConn when UConn was you know not really on the radar it was Tennessee Tennessee, all those girls out there, it was, you know, Lady Vols country and they really owned college women's hoops. So for her to go to UConn where 
you know, they weren't the top dog in the league. And to basically take a program and make it the best, if not one of the best, women's college hoops program ever, you know, that is something that even though she's had a great career in the WNBA, that is something she can take over and carry on for the rest of her life. She is a literal trailblazers for women's hoops. So shout out to Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird for all their accomplishments this season. And just shout out to all the other women in the WNBA who went out there, put on a show for people to watch. And also shout out to all the other women in the WNBA who I did not mention, the Connecticut Suns, the LA Sparks, Phoenix, all those other teams and those women who came out and their families who came out in the WNBA bubble. My girl Holly Rowe, who called it for ESPN. I love Holly Rowe. She's my literal one of my favorite people ever on earth. And all the people who went out there, sacrificed their time, their comfortability, their health could, they could have like sacrificed their health and got coronavirus when they were out there to not only put on a game, put on a show in a way and entertain us, but you know, they also had their social injustice platforms and they kept moving in the movement they want to. So big shout out to those ladies and I cannot wait until the next season of WNBA because I know it's going to be even more special. Now over to the NBA where I felt like I finally got it together. You know, I had the Lakers winning the series. Right now it's 3-1. They come back at it again tomorrow for you guys on Friday. And I really do think this series is going to end in five games. Jimmy Butler balled out. You know, he has like the crazy hair situation going on. He had that look in his eyes in game three. Like, I refuse to lose this game. He literally took the entire team, put him on his back, and was like, hey, this is Jimmy time. Jimmy Buckets is here to stay. <laughs> and he was ready to go in. You don't have a 40-point game. You don't go for a double-double and take over a game the way he did. Most people can't switch that switch. They can't get into that mindset. And for him to do that, especially after so many people said, oh, he's a bad teammate. He doesn't care. He just cares about himself. And if that was the case, again, none of us really know. The media started it. None of us are in the locker room. None of us go to practice except the people he was on those teams. But if those things were true about him, you would think that he would quit when two of their most starred players or whatever you want to call them go out on injury for two games or three games in that case you would say he was like okay whatever we at least made it here we'll try again next time because everyone that's starting or everyone that's a key player on the team they're going to be back and he didn't do that and that's one of the reasons why I love Jimmy Butler but you can't talk about the Miami Heat and not talk about Tyler Hero as I like to say, flavor of the month. Because I feel like every sports organization, league, whatever, they have like a little white boy flavor of the month. And Tyler Hero most definitely is flavor of the month. And that snarl he gave in game three made me very uncomfortable. I did not like it. It felt animated. I don't know. It just, it was not the right time, place, or situation for him to do that. And then when he got shoved down by LeBron in game four, I was like, come on now, Ty Ty. Come on now, Ty Ty Hero. You just snarled at this man and his entire team and you're gonna let him push you over not even push you over but basically like brush you off like a piece of dust come on now come on now Ty Ty you gotta do better you gotta do better and in game three you know AD did have those fouls and he kind of stepped it up a little bit in game four but I kind of feel like you know there's a little chemistry problem because if you saw in game four he like fell on the ground and LeBron did not help him up I mean he was not playing very well in the game so LeBron was like 
I'm gonna treat you like these other people and not help you up all this floor until you get it together. You wanna play like a star, I'll help stars up. Which you are not right now, a star. You are not AD, you're a ghost, you're an imposter. So I hope AD gets it together in game five solely so this series could end and I could be right that it ended in five because I really want it to end in five so I could be right. I'm also gonna be kind of sad, you know, basketball is going to be over it was something that really carried us through the like hot days of quarantine you know it started in march and the nba came back in june july you know the WNBA came back a week before the nba did and we just had sports on every day all day like six seven hours a day you turned it on at 12 you know it was going to stay on until nine the WNBA, you turned it on at two you know they were still going to be on at seven and you had something to look forward to and i mean now we're really living in a space where sports are going to be on their regular schedule now you know after next week or whenever this series decides to end there's still going to be football on and a little bit of baseball playoffs left so it's going to be kind of how it usually is in october where you kind of only have one or two things to watch you don't have a lot really going on in the middle of the week especially with football because you know they only play Sunday Monday and Thursday and so I'm just saying we should be very appreciative of the time we had when we had copious amounts oh look at me big words copious amount of sports on TV wherever you wanted to watch you could find it if it wasn't on TV it was on some sports TV channel app and you could look it up so I'm very grateful that we had a lot of entertainment athletic entertainment if you watch hockey you watched hockey if you watch baseball you could watch baseball basketball nascar if that's your thing we don't discriminate here we love every sport but we have our favorites these people have been in the bubble nba wnba tuesday was the 100th day of the nba bubble that is insane could you imagine you're trapped in disney world well, I wouldn't say trap, but they, for lack of a better word, they're trapped in Disney World. And you can't ride a ride. You can't go see anyone. You couldn't have your family until like two weeks ago. It's the happiest place on earth, but it's literally the last place you want to be now. And especially in the finals, I would say even in the conference finals, because there's 30 NBA teams and there's no possible way that out of the four teams left, including the team you played on, your best friend is still in this bubble. No way because it's, it's just very unlikely that your best friend is still in this bubble. So who are you talking to? Because LeBron's 35, he's a grown man. He's not gonna be hanging out with Kyle Kuzma on Twitch in the middle of the afternoon playing video games. That's not, that's not LeBron's vibe. This man just drinks wine. He does play Madden, but he's not playing Among Us. He doesn't care about that stuff. He's a grown man with like a whole entire family. He does not wanna play video games. I hope they're happy. I hope, you know, it was really worth it for them. Obviously, they thought it was worth it. They went into the bubble, same as the WNBA. And the WNBA did have it a little easier. They could have their families from the beginning, but you're still in this bubble. You still really can't go out. You're in Florida. You can't go to the beach. You can't go to the pool that's not in the hotel or stuff like that. So big thank you to those men, women, WNBA, NBA, the chefs, the people who wiped the court, kept it going, chloride because I know y'all sent all the Clorox wipes to the NBA and the WNBA bubble, but it's okay because we had something to watch on TV when we needed it the most. I'm gonna just go ahead and out and say it. The NFL is a hot mess right now. The only people who haven't kind of sort of maybe figured it out is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks. Everyone else 
is a hot mess. You know, the Tennessee Titans, they have coronavirus running through there like a train. And, you know, no one really knows how this thing spreads. And you just kind of assumed it wasn't going to happen. I hope all those players get better, you know, and they don't infect more people. But it was like every other day, there was like, oh, we have five more cases now. We have six more cases. And now Cam Newton had it last Sunday. And now Stephen Gilmore, who's a cornerback for the Patriots it was announced today that he tested positive and it's kind of like it's easier for y'all to start making a list of who doesn't have COVID than who does have COVID like when the Tennessee Titans and the Steelers play they sent out this like list of when they were going to play how they were going to play us regular folk we don't care about that just tell us are they gonna play this week no when are they gonna play they're gonna play this week thank you don't tell us that their bye week is now and that their other week is this week none of us really care none of us really care even if you are a Tennessee Titan fan or a Pittsburgh Steelers fan you don't really care about the in-between stuff you just want to know are they playing this week no are they playing next week yes who they're playing okay great fantastic cut out all the like fancy talk sometimes I feel like that's the problem with like sports sometimes is they put in the fancy talk and then it makes it harder for people one to enjoy it two to understand it because you have all this fancy talk in there and nobody really understands what's going on and that's why you have me and I can maybe possibly sometimes figure out your little fancy talk and we can have these fun little conversations together on to the NFL like I was saying the Browns beat the Cowboys and I would say a very commanding fashion you know the Cowboys had like a little itty bitty baby comeback in the second half but the fact that they were down by like 31 points to the Browns in the first half is not a good look and it's especially not a good look for Dak Prescott because he's trying to get this max contract at the end of the season and that's just not gonna happen I mean Ezekiel Elliott got his max contract I mean he still had to fight for it a little bit and we all know he's one of if not one of the best running backs in the NFL right now and if the Cowboys need a quarterback to just throw average passes and to lose games I'm pretty sure they can find them one that's not trying to get a max contract and that's the business side of the game you know you play a game or your job is to win games and when your team isn't winning games they're one in three right now you know it's it's hard to make that sale that I'm your franchise quarterback. You should invest hundreds of millions of dollars for eight, seven, nine, ten years on me, and we're not really winning. So it's it's he's making it harder for himself, and obviously Dak Prescott can't solely win games for them. It has to be offense, defense, special teams, coaching, plays, all that good stuff. But when you think of a football team, you think of the leader. Who do you think of? The quarterback. Then next, you may think of a coach, and they have Mike McCarthy. I mean, he was good in Green Bay, but eh, it is what it is, I guess. But the best thing going for the Cowboys right now is that they play in the NFC East. So it's never been good. It probably never will be good. So they at least have a chance to make it to the playoffs or at least a divisional round because they play in the NFC East where the leading team, the Philadelphia Eagles are one, two, and one. So that speaks a lot about the NFC East. But the Browns, are they back? Are the Browns back? Are the Browns the real deal? Because they they put on a show. I mean, you're scoring 31 points. Odell's out there beepity bopping the Cowboys. Like he's playing a video game. He's playing Madden, and that's for me. That's great to see Odell Beckham Jr. doing that because he had that really big few seasons in 
New York and then it kind of I'm not saying he like slowed down he got worse but you know when more people are looking at you more attention you know the defense is obviously going to be playing on you harder they're going to be double teaming you all these stuff and they're going to be scheming for you so you obviously can't get as many passes as you were getting before you know you were in an entire logo people were making campaigns about a catch you made and stuff like that so I'm glad to see him figure out a way how to change his game and maybe you know being in Cleveland was better for him than being in New York who knows we're not Odell we can't read his mind but even Baker Mayfield you know he's got a little he's got a little bit more hop in his step when he's running around and running out of the pocket to find people downfield and he's just doing a little bit more and it seems like they have a little bit more energy and I hope they do you know I feel like what else would make 2020 just a little bit more crazier and say 2020 was the season that the Browns became an actual football team. People respected them. They weren't always, if not the number one draft pick, one to five. So I really hope that they're not just teasing us all and that they're really back and they're really the real deal because I would just love to see that from the Browns. Now, Houston, they, they got a lot. They got a lot going on there. They're 0-4 right now. They fired Bill O'Brien on Monday, which is crazy because could you imagine, like, you had a bad day at work on Sunday or for regular folk Friday, and you wake up on Saturday, and they're like, oh, you're fired. We don't need you anymore. Can you turn in your badge? Your passcode doesn't work anymore. Don't come here. Like, that's just crazy to think you did a bad day at your job on Sunday, and now you only got a job on Monday, but again... That's the business of the sport, but now they got their interim head coach. He's going to be doing it. I mean, they had to shake it up. You're 0-4. You got to shake it up. And I mean, they didn't have that great of a season last year either. So, And they can't fire Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, who are their two star players that they've invested over $500, $600 million in for the next eight years. So they can't fire them. So they had to fire the next best thing was the coach. So I hope they figure it out because it's really sad to see a team with a lot of talent go down the drain but they did trade away DeAndre Hopkins so it's kind of the bed you made now you gotta lay in a situation for the Houston Texas unfortunately and on Monday night football the Falcons and the Packers played and you know Falcons fans if you listen to this podcast and you're a Falcons fan please don't see this as me trying to comfort you me trying to comfort your team you know I truly deep down in my heart feel bad because you could see in that game that they had a chance like the Packers weren't going off on all cylinders everything was connecting they obviously weren't playing bad because they have Aaron Rodgers you know the real deal but it's not clicking I don't know if it's defense I don't know if it's offense Calvin Ridley one of my favorite wide receivers in the game right now he had a few drop passes and I mean going 0-4 now and you lose but at least they were losing the whole game and they didn't just end up losing right there at the end because that would have really hurt that would have really hurt a little bit more if I was gonna be honest so shout out to Falcons fans if you know one if you see one just give them a socially distance hug you know just just give them a little give a break give them a break they're going through a lot they're struggling they don't really know what's up what's down how to get around they're they're going through it so shout out to Falcons fans we're here for you we're here for you her sports convo is here for you I know I always call this next segment on college football game of the week, games of the week, games I thought were interesting to watch, blah, 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 whatever I decide to call each week. But I feel like I should start calling it Big 12 team who blew a lead or lost a game they should have 
completely won in commanding fashion because Texas TCU, it's a rivalry, I guess. But Texas had that game in the bag. If you didn't watch it, Texas, they were right there, one, maybe two yard line. Running back had the ball running in. Was carrying the ball a little lackadaisical, if you're gonna ask me. But TCU, he came in with his fist, punched the ball out, fumbled the ball on the one yard line to win the game. If not win the game, make it a whole lot more difficult for TCU to try to go down the field and win it because there was maybe three minutes they didn't have timeouts and I'm saying maybe three minutes because it was probably less than that it was probably more like two minutes I I was shocked I was flabbergasted I couldn't believe what I was seeing because TCU with Duggum I don't even know how to say his first name but Duggum their quarterback he was filling himself all game this man was on one. They say 2020 is a crazy year, but for all you Texas fans who thought Texas was back, they're not back. They can just be pretty average, which I personally believe they are, which is why they're no longer ranked in the top 10, because they're just average. They have a good quarterback. Sam Elliger is a good quarterback. They have good people, but they just don't have a very good follow through. And I can completely understand that. A lot of teams don't have a very good follow through talking about not a very good follow through the other big 12 team who should have won their game last week was Oklahoma they played Iowa State and now Iowa State as I talked about a few weeks ago they lost to Louisiana and you know so they got a they got a little bit more fire going under them they're out there rocking and rolling if you didn't watch the game their uniforms were crisp they were like black and like steel. I know this has absolutely nothing to do with the game by any means, but if you're feeling good, you're looking good, you're going to play good. That's 100% what I thought happened with Iowa State because they were hitting on all cylinders, defense, offense, turnovers. They were treating Spencer rather like he was in middle school and they were in the NFL. It was crazy. Every time the man ran out of the pocket, they would sack him. It was a mess. It was a mess. Oklahoma was looking a mess. You can tell Oklahoma is in a new era with their quarterback decisions. I mean, they had three quarterbacks who transferred in there who became Heisman. Not saying Spencer Rattler doesn't have the chance to win the Heisman, but we all know Trevor Lawrence is going to win it. But Spencer Rattler is a redshirt freshman and he has... He has a lot of talents, even though I have very strong feelings towards Spencer Radler and what he did on the show. QB1 Behind the Lights, go check it out. It's on Netflix. I'm not going to talk about it because some people don't like it when I do that. Yeah, I have my strong opinions about Spencer Radler and hopefully Oklahoma can get it together because it's not looking good. You got two losses back to back and it was the first time that Iowa State ever beat Oklahoma since like 1940 something. Like you don't want to be breaking those kind of records. Those aren't the good records you want to break Oklahoma. So let's tighten it up. Let's tighten it up. You know, we're in a shortened season. We're in different times. Every week is not guaranteed. So every game you want to make it to the college football playoffs, you got to put on a show. You were not putting on a show last week. In the last game, that I thought was pretty cool to watch was Tulsa and UCF. UCF, they're the 2017 national champs. If you're a UCF fan, they have been at the top of the American Athletic Conference for many years now. I'd say they're, you know, the Clemson of the ACC, if someone suggests. And they broke the second longest home winning streak on Saturday because Tulsa came in there and gave it to them. Tulsa was hitting on all cylinders. They were throwing the ball. They were running the ball. Defense was getting turnovers. They were stopping on one, two, three out. Fast, quick, in a hurry. 
they're getting off the field and those are the kind of things you need to do and it's gonna hurt UCF at the end because no one's really playing out of conference games no one's gonna ask to play UCF because if you are playing an out of conference game you're not gonna play a team in which you think you can lose to because that just doesn't make any sense because you want to win these games to kind of buff up your stat sheet to buff up your record and to like fill it in because you want to have more on your plate to show the committee when they're making their decisions and mean like pick us we're good as I said last week they need to put more teams in there because this season is going to hurt a lot of teams like UCF and Oklahoma you know you already got these two losses even Texas Texas losing to TCU is not a good look for when you're trying to get into the college football playoffs and you're saying you're good but they're looking at what you did the past six seven weeks and they're like hold up wait a minute and especially with the big 10 coming back in october you know you just got these big teams and a lot of teams in the big 10 are competitive you got i guess some could say michigan but i don't really know about michigan but you have minnesota you know row the boat you have a you have ohio state you have michigan state you have all these big name teams in that conference and they're competing against each other. So they already have the talent and the aggression going against each other in that conference. And if you're a small team or you're in a non-Power 5 conference like UCF is and you're losing to Tulsa, who they know they don't have a chance to get in the college football playoffs, they play for bowl games. And to make it even better, they know you do if you are UCF. So they're going to try to beat you so you can be playing at the dollar general bowl game across the street from then so tighten up ucf texas and oklahoma because the committee will be making their decisions soon and you do not want to be on the chopping block if you follow the podcast instagram at her sports combo podcast do that we have fun up there you would have seen my post about athlete unlimited softball seasons wrapping up And I just feel like Athlete Unlimited and the brand and the way they're setting up their sports structure is obviously the future of sports, which I completely agree that it's going to go down that. So I decided that I should interest you guys and tell you a little bit about it. So Athlete Unlimited is basically a sports program. I would say it's like an umbrella. So, you know, when you open up their umbrella and like different people can get under it and Athletes Unlimited is the umbrella and the different people under it are softball and volleyball softball season just ended they're coming back for a season two in august of 2021 and volleyball is going to start in february 2021 they basically have no team owners they have no team owners all profits go directly to players they play in the same city and the teams change weekly so let's say i'm on a team and next week i'm obviously not going to be on the same team so after each week the top four athletes are the MVPs and they are the captains for the next week and they get to choose who's in their team kind of like you know when you were playing kickball in middle school and you were like I want Bobby to be on my team blah 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 that's a just situation or if you want to go more adult terms with it it's real life fantasy sports you pick your player they play for the team the athletes score points as an individual and they score points at their team and at the end the more points you have you get to win MVP and you also get cash bonuses. This year's MVP in softball was Kat Osterman. I again know not that much about softball. I wish I knew more. I know more about the girls who's played now like 2015 to now and so she was not one of them so I 
got to learn more about her through Athletes Unlimited and seeing these women play softball on TV, which not a lot of people watch softball. Unfortunate, but you should really get into it because they're doing these things like this and they're starting a new way how athletes, especially athletes who play in a smaller market sport like softball and volleyball, who in traditional terms don't have a way to be a professional athlete, at least in America, because I know a lot of the girls, when I was looking this up and seeing who was on the team and who was athletes that were deciding to come to play, they were like, oh yeah, I played in Italy or I played in Canada or I played in Great Britain. You know, now they have an opportunity to do the thing they love, play softball or volleyball when that comes up and they get to do it in America. They get to do it at home. And I just think it's really interesting how they stay in the same city. Obviously, it's good for the times we're living in, you know, COVID travel problematic. The teams change weekly is a very interesting concept because as you see with the NBA, you know, people talk about super teams and they talk about all these different kinds of things or they say, you know, LeBron and Clutch Sports are taking over and they think they're the GM of the Lakers now. And so for the top four athletes each week, for them to choose who they want to be on their team is kind of interesting and you see a different dynamic and you see how you know you thought that you picked the best player but it was really this person who was going to have a really good week especially in a sport like softball where you can have a good week and the next week you cannot hit very well or you can not be that great at pitching that week or you cannot be good at running the bases or anything like that you know it's kind of a hot and cold sport and shout out to Kat Osterman for being the MVP this season. And I can't wait till season two. I really love softball. If I could go back into my childhood, I'd probably play softball. But then I would remember that you play softball when it's hot outside. And I'm not a big fan of outside or especially not a big fan of hot outside. I'm more of a person. I thrive in 68 and below weather. That is my prime crisp air i love to be a little cold a little cold is always better than hot shout out to those girls can't wait for season two volleyball season one comes in february 2021 and i'm really excited i love volleyball i can't wait to see it if it's going to be anywhere as good as softball was this past season i know we're going to be in for a show it's going to be six weeks just like softball was on for six weeks go over there check it out it comes out on cbs sports on the tv channel and they even have a little app you can download go check out those women they're doing great things and you don't want to be behind because you want to already know all these things so when they're famous and they're popped out and all your friends are like oh my gosh have you seen athletes unlimited you already know about it because you're in the loop you're ahead of the game trendsetters her spoke convo we are trendsetters here that is going to be it for this week's episode. Thank y'all for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, rate, subscribe, wherever you decide to listen to Her Sports Combo Podcast at. Go over to the Instagram, like this week's episode post. Tell me something you learned. Tell me something you know. Do you feel like the Cleveland Browns are back? You know, we could all just be overhyping it. It's only week four. But I want to see how y'all feel about it. Let me know anything you want to in the comments below. Give me a review. It really helps. I get to know about things. You get to know about things. And we can talk to each other a little bit more. Don't forget to check out Athlete Unlimited and the softball and volleyball. Go back. You can definitely watch some games. You can check out some footage about the good things all those ladies did. 
excited. Hopefully next week I won't be up here talking about Oklahoma and how bad they blew another football game. And also, if you live in North Carolina, Friday, tomorrow, October 9th, is the last day to register to vote. You can do it. I spend weeks, months talking about don't being afraid to join the convo, and that is the most important conversation we have as American citizens. So if you're 18 and older, go vote, go register. It's super easy to do. If you go on the podcast Instagram, and I'll link it down below in the show notes, there's a link there. You can click it, register to vote, so quick, easy to fill out that form and that application. And if you already are registered to vote, make sure you click on that link also. It'll take you to a website where you can make sure everything's okay. It'll tell you where your voting place is, all those good things. And early voting starts in North Carolina, October 15th. So get out there and vote. I don't care who you vote for, just vote. As always, have fun, be safe, and don't be afraid to join the convo. Mm-hmm.